The following is a presentation of Embassy Media and Marshall Davis Ministries. Well, welcome in. Sorry for the delay, but this is Financial Fridays, as always, presented by Marshall Davis Ministries. I am Pastor Sean Davis. And once again, we have none other than Elder Alonzo Hinton getting ready to give us financial stability via the word of God and kingdom principles tonight. My brother, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, sir. How are you? I am wonderful, blessed, and highly favored and ready to experience what God has for us tonight. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our points and our principles for tonight. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. We're going to go right ahead. The last few weeks we've been talking about responsible uh, spending, responsible using your finances. And we use, use the word steward a lot and stewardship. So what we're going to do today is define what a steward is according to the book, according to the word of God. And then, of course, we're going to go through our tips and then we're going to give you some stock tips at the end of the program on tonight. So what would the title today is character of a steward. So what's a steward? A steward is somebody who's entrusted with a material or spiritual responsibility. So we need to understand based on Genesis 1, 26 through 28, God has entrusted us with his creation. So that's what makes us a steward. Once again, a steward is someone who's entrusted with a material or spiritual responsibility. So we need to realize in being a responsible steward or a characteristic of a good steward is someone who realizes that their needs are supplied by God, right? Their needs are supplied by God. So God is their source, not their job, not their talent, not the government, not their parents, but God is their source. The next thing we need to realize is that God is interested in our willingness to manage and administrate all that he's given us. So everything that God has placed on the inside of us, our talents, our abilities, even our money, our relationships, he expects us to manage that or administrate it in a way that gives him glory. And because of that, we need to realize that Everything that we say, every decision we make, every action we take must be accountable to the principles of God. So that's why it's important that we understand what the principles of God are. And that's why he, we're here on Financial Fridays to specifically discuss the financial principles that God has set forth in his kingdom. Once again, as a steward, everything you say, every decision you make and every action you take must be accountable to the principles of God. So once again, that's the importance why we're here today. And that's why it's important that we study the word of God so we can understand the principles that he set forth. And we can't have the mindset that God's word doesn't work. So often in the body of Christ or people today that based on what other people, what happens in other people's relationships or what happens in other people's lives, they determine whether they want a relationship with God or not. And that is not the way that you determine how you want a relationship with God. God is the creator of the universe, and he created you specifically to have a relationship with. What anybody else does in their relationship should not hinder you from having a relationship with God. It amazes me how in the church we always use the excuse of what other people do, what other people's relationship is with God. Well, does that stop you in every any ever, other area of your life? I'm going to ask you a question. Have your parents or your friends or your pastor or anyone ever told you don't get involved in the person with the person? And did you always say, 
you know what? I'm going to take my parents' advice. I'm going to take my friends' advice. I'm going to take my pastor's advice. Most of the time, most of us, we might not have did it in their face, but we snuck off on the side with that person, whether it was a friend they told us was no good or someone we thought was attractive or whatever. So we really don't, you know, we really only in church uh, instances are we concerned about what other people are doing. Normally we do what we want to do. And when the opportunity comes up, you know, we take advantage of it as, as necessary. A steward is faithful. First Corinthians four, two and three says now it's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. So what God has given you, you have to be faithful toward it. You have to nurture it. You have to honor it. You have to take responsibility for it. The steward is responsible because 100 percent of what is received comes for God. We are using it wisely in accordance with God, God's will. So your talent, your salary, your relationships, you're responsible for managing it properly. Why? Because God has given that to you. Pain so threshold and then he can. We need to make sure that we're responsible for that. And then the next thing we need to realize, the steward is reliable. <laughs> the basic value you know, of you know, what he said. Hello? I hear background noise. One of the basic values of dependability is to live up to one's obligation. That's one of the things that we have as, as, as a steward. God respects you, expects you to be reliable. He expects you to honor your word is another way to say it. He expects you to follow his principles. And if for any reason a commitment or promise cannot be fulfilled, this is in the relationship with God or other people, the proper thing to do is to talk to the person about it to whom the commitment was made and negotiate a workable solution. This is found in Luke chapter 16 when we talk about the unjust steward. In Luke 16 and 10, it goes on to further talk about that reliability when it says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is also unjust in the months and the in the much. So we have to be reliable. God expects us to be reliable. And you can relate that to finances any way you want. Because really, when you have a credit card or a mortgage or a car note, what you've done is you've given that person your word that you will pay this in full on these time periods every month or every however often. You've given your word. So when you don't pay it at the time promise, you violated your word. And oftentimes I think that we uh, believe that God's word is the only one we have to admonish or adhere to. But the reality is you can't even get to being obedient to God's word unless you can follow your own word, unless what you promised you can keep up with. So a steward has to be reliable. The next one, a steward has to exhibit financial control. Yeah, we, you know, we're going to get there sooner or later. We all, this is what we're talking about on Financial Friday. The Bible indicates that one's control of finances and its possessions is a direct indication of the control he exercises in spiritual matters. I'm going to read that again. The Bible indicates that one's control of finances and his possession is a direct indication of the control he exercises in spiritual matters. So your heart is exposed by your relationship to money or material things. So I can figure out your relationship to God based on how you spend your money, right? I heard somebody say one time, 
look at your checkbook and you can see who you're most faithful to. So people don't use checks anymore. So look at your uh, bank statement and see who most of your money is, is uh, going to. That's who you're faithful towards. That's who your heart is towards. Matthew 19, 16 through 22, the young man came and asked Jesus, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, follow all the commandments. He was like, I follow all the commandments. I treat my brother right. I do this. And then Jesus said to him, okay, that's cool. You're doing good. Now, how about this? Why don't you sell all your possessions and follow me? And the young man just dipped his head and, and walked away. And that's a lot of us. When God asks us to release that money, that we just walk ahead, walk away. We shake our head. We feel bad. But if the bill collector called you and told you your stuff was going to get cut off, you will do every flip imaginable to make sure that you found a way to pay that. But when God asks us to give, we draw backwards. Why is that? A steward is productive. We need to realize a steward is actually doing something. There's something going on in his life. A steward isn't sitting at home waiting for things to happen. Stewards are to be concerned to be productive and to cultivate God's creation to be productive. So in the Bible, in Genesis, it talks about Adam was supposed to cultivate the garden. That's his responsibility. We're our, we are to cultivate God's creation. We are to cultivate or grow and nurture and multiply the gifts that God gave in us. What are you doing with your life? What's productive with your life? And I'm not talking about outside of God. I'm talking about your relationship with God. How are you showing that you're productive in your relationship with God? Are you studying? Are you reading your word? Are you reaching out to other people, telling them about the love of Jesus Christ? And then the steward, what we just talked about, they develop their relation. They develop his or her gifts from God. When God invests something into your life and allows your stewardship over it, you have to use it for his glory and for his kingdom. We need to realize that we aren't owners of all that God has given us. We're only stewards and we're responsible for the gifts and accountable for their use. Yes, we're accountable for what God has given us. So we have to manage it responsibly and we have to manage it responsibly for his glory. And we need to realize that we don't all receive the same gifts. So stop worrying about somebody else's gifts and how they're managing their gifts. What are you doing with the gift that God has given you? That's your responsibility to understand what gift is God has given you. And we're expected to return God's investment. So we need to make sure that we're looking at what God has given us financially gift wise and making sure we're using it responsibly. So when we talk about the ability to earn a living, God has given us the ability to earn a living and he expects us to give 10% back of that earning, right? Even though God has given us 100% of the ability to make that earning, he only expects an investment of 10%. And then he says with that 10%, that if you bring that 10%, that he'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have enough to receive. So once you pour out that investment that God is, once you pour, pour back that seed that God has given you, he's promised to give you opportunities that you can't even handle if you do what he asks to do. So now we're going to move into our tips. So normally we call it tips, but today they're actually principles. Principle number one, we have to grow wealth strategically, right? We have to grow wealth strategically. Proverbs 13 and 11 says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. 
you hear we hear all about the time all the time about the lottery winner whose life is destroyed by their instant wealth they don't have the self-discipline to deny themselves ridiculous purchases they haven't learned where to go for help for money management advice and they don't know how to deal with all the requests from family and friends from loans it's a living illustration of this proverb that we talk about when you build wealth over time but however when you build wealth over time making strategic thoughtful decisions you're learning how to care for it right you're learning the diligence and responsibility that will help you manage your money better that's why we talk about in life that you go from faith to faith and glory to glory you go from level to level you just don't skip steps because it's important that you become a person who learns how to manage the level you are on responsibly that's how you show you're ready for the next level right they don't as a five-year-old they don't put you straight in eighth grade right because you have to show you can manage where you are at the grade level you are and sometimes you are you are so advanced they'll say okay we're gonna skip you straight from third grade to fifth grade because you show that you're mature and you're advanced and that's what happens in life also right that you might you might be in a certain situation and god says i see your maturity so in this season i'm a double what you have i'm a double your finances but we have to show we're mature first by by responding to what god is saying to us amen hallelujah principle number two we can't be greedy right we can't be greedy and the by in uh luke 12 15 it, it says and he said to them take care and be on your guard against all covenants for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession so we need to make sure we don't misread this and talk about that god doesn't want you to have money so we know greed is wrong but having money isn't wrong we need to realize that in the bible god does financially bless other people in fact it's a lot of people out here who give the cherry and bless other people it's when we begin to grasp at wealth and desire it above all things that it begins to have an issue because money is not a it's not it's an object so whatever personally personality it has or however it's used is based on your personality based on your desire Mon principle number three don't start without a plan just don't wish you a money or hope you're gonna get some money have a plan on how you're gonna get some money we know luke 14 28 through 30 says for which of you desiring to build a tower does not sit down first and count up the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation and not able to finish, all who see began to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Jesus uses this example to show us that he isn't, you know, he doesn't want us to be unprepared in life. If you come to him, he wants you to count up the cost and consider what's it going to take. If you want to if you have a goal to make a million dollars it's going to take some sacrifice it's going to take some wisdom it's going to take some knowledge it's going to take some training to it and it's going to take some failure to attain to that million dollars you're going to make mistakes you're just not going to flow to those million dollars to that million dollars it's going to be some obstacles you have to overcome so you have to be willing to count up the cost and willing to go through what you have to go through to attain your financial goal right so it's obvious from the story Jesus wants us to recognize how foolish it is to go into something without preparing, without having a plan, without knowing what we're getting into. If a million dollars was easy to attain, all of us would have it, right? All, let me tell you something. Have you ever noticed how easy people get in debt? 
because it's easy to get to get hold of credit. It's not easy to manage it. That takes responsibility. That takes stewardship. That takes discipline. We were talking about in uh, in service the other day how easy it is for us to. I use the example, and you might have heard me on Financial Fridays talking about this before when I was five, how I stole the candy and put it in my pocket. And then, you know, and from there, I talked about how the fact that I did that despite the fact that, that my parents had taught me not to steal, but I did what I wanted to. Then I got older and I found I had difficulty in life. And whenever I wanted to, whenever I found that I hadn't achieved something, I would blame it on other people, my parents, society, you know, I could go and say something else, but I'm a, you know, I'm a, I got to watch what I got to say, you know, blaming. Sometimes I would blame my wife. Sometimes I would blame my manager at job. But from the age of five, I walked into a principal that said, I do what I want to do whenever I get ready to do it. And I'm going to find a creative way to accomplish what I want to accomplish. But by the time I got to a certain age, Whatever I didn't accomplish, I blame somebody else. But what happened to that principle I learned when I was five? See, I noticed that whenever it's something crooked or devious, we can be real creative in getting what we want. But when it's something that's going to advance our life and it takes discipline, see, that candy I stole, that happened in an instant. So it wasn't something I had to work at for months and months and years. And it's easy to come up with a plan to do something crooked right away rather than do something that's going to advance your life. That's going to take discipline. It's going to take stewardship. It's going to take responsibility. It's going to take time. Right. And then what happens? We don't accomplish that. Now we want to blame people and say it's other people's fault. Well, it's the same principle applied to different circumstances. I wasn't going to let anything stop me from getting that candy. Even violating what my parents told me, even risk of being caught by the security guard, even risk of getting my butt whooped if my parents caught me. So I did a risk assessment and said, how can I get away with this? I'm willing to take the risk for this for this candy. And that's what we have to do in life. On the positive side, if you can do it on the negative side, you can flip it in your mind and say, if I can do a negative, I can do it to advance my life. And that's how we have to do in life and say, what am I willing to risk? What am I willing to attain to? What am I willing to go through to get what God has promised me? Amen. Hallelujah. So don't start without a plan. Start with a plan first. Understand what it's going to take and set tent poles as you go along that by this date, I want to achieve this by this date. I want to by this date. I want to have reduced my debt and have by this date. I want to pay one credit card off by this date. I want to have saved $5,000. You have to set tent poles in your life. So you have to come up with a plan to say what you're going to accomplish. Money principle number four, protect your reputation. And I really like this because it's another protect your reputation is another way that we say today, protect your brand. A good name is chosen to be chosen rather than great riches and favor is better than silver or gold. 
So a good reputation is better than riches and a former should never be sacrificed to gain the latter. We cannot allow our brand to suffer negative headlines, right? Because it not only affects us, it affects how people see God. So sometimes you have to sacrifice. You might have to sacrifice some good to protect your reputation. Sometimes you might have to take a loss to say, you know what? I know Alonzo keeps his word. Sometimes you might have to take a bad deal in the short term to achieve for the long term. So we have to protect our reputation and we have to ask ourselves, what do we want our reputation to be? Do we want our reputation to be somebody who doesn't pay their bills? Do we want our reputation to be somebody who has bad credit? So we need to ask ourselves, what do we want our brand to be? What do we want our financial brand to be? And then money principle number five, we have to be vigilant over our resources. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. We have to know financially what we have and how we are spending it. And that comes in with, with having a budget, having a monthly budget that say, this is what I'm going to spend this month. And this is what I'm going to save. This is what I expect to go out. And then after, after you set a budget, track what you actually spend to see how accurate you work in maintaining that budget. Amen. So that's the way you discipline yourself. What, what would it look like if, and this is what we want to do so many times. I meet people and they hear I have a financial background and they want me to give them advice and I give them advice and then they want me to manage something for them. No, I'm not going to manage it for you. That's your responsibility. What are you trying to accomplish? See? And then that's how we wind up getting taken advantage of because we turn all of our flock, we return over all of our seed to someone else instead of being responsible. Now, I'm not saying it's not anything wrong with having a financial advisor, but what I'm saying, you should be knowledgeable enough to look at your investments, to look at what you have and say, and notice when something is wrong and be able to ask questions and say, well, why did I gain money? Why did I uh, add money this month? Why did I lose money this month? Well, I read this. Why is this not happening? So you just can't turn it over to somebody. You still have to be knowledgeable about financial advisors. No matter what anybody says about stock, you should be able to ask them a question about what happened and why is this not happening? Why is this happening and why is this not happening? Just not go and say, I want to invest his $5,000, put it on this and walk away. That's not wise. You have to be vigilant. When we're a steward, we're vigilant over the resources that God has given us. And then we have to realize money principle number six. Some things are worth investing in and it's our responsibility to seek after those things and find those things and find out what's what's responsible, what's uh, worth investing. There are so many times that Jesus uses money to communicate a spiritual truth. His point is to point us out that it's valuable enough, the kingdom of God is valuable enough that a wise person will liquidate everything to have it. We're talking about Matthew 13, 44 through 46, which says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found and covered up then in his joy he goes and sell all he has and buys that field again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in the search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it so this person saw this responsibility 
he, he saw this potential investment he saw something of valuable on the land and look what look look what he did he just didn't get the pearls he said hmm if it's one pearl there it's probably two and if it's two there it's probably three and if it's three there it's probably four and he went and bought the whole field instead of buying the pearl so we have to be a, in a good enough position in our life such good stewards that when we find something worth investing in we can jump on it like that and that's how our life gets multiplied that's why the bible talks about that uh, don't despise the day of small beginnings because we have to build our portfolios up a little at a time so we can take advantage of what's going on. And I know we don't like to hear that type of stuff, but this is how we learn good financial principles. And this is how we build over time by applying those principles consistently over and over and over. I'm convinced that in the body of Christ, one of the main reasons we can't get the breakthroughs that we desire is because of our lack of consistency, our lack of doing it day after day after day after day. We want to work out for two weeks and then get disappointed because we only lost two pounds. A pound a week is great. After a year, guess what you will have lost? 52 pounds if you lose a pound a week. But a lot of times we too busy looking at other people and what they're doing, and we don't even realize what they have to go, what they did, which may be something that isn't feasible over the long term for you to do instead of being consistent and working it day in and day out and day in and day out. And that's what God expects us to do. That's what we talk about, the, the, the uh, characteristics of a steward, being reliable, being responsible, understanding how to manage what God has for you. We have to be consistent day in and day out. And we have to save $1 at a time. So you can, you can only afford to, to save $10 on this paycheck. Save that $10. See what happened next time. Just be consistent. Save something. Have some type of consistent action that you're consistently following, that you're continually following. It has to be consistent. And that's how you grow. And that's how you walk into the multiplication where you're consistent in doing what God has said. And then multiple principle, money principle number seven, we have to give wealth its proper place. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. So most of the problems the Bible attributes to money have to do with this point. Money is an incredible tool, which allows you to do some amazing things. But the minute you fall in love with the tool, you have the potential to uproot your entire life. Because the Bible talks about this, where your treasury is, that's where your heart will be also. When you love riches for your own sake, you'll never have enough. You'll always be chasing money. You'll be willing to do anything to get money. Then what we talk about all the time, give money, don't serve it. Money is a tool which you are supposed to master. You're not supposed to serve money. And we talk about this all the time. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's going to be either one or another. And I say this all the time. You heard me minister before. It's interesting that God says that you can't serve God or mammon and you or not. You can't serve God or the devil. God sees money as a bigger threat to your relationship with him than Satan. Man, isn't that powerful? Isn't that interesting? And if you look at it now, most, most of the time when people have issues in life, it's money issues. And most of the time, when we have money issues, we face with a choice 
do I compromise my integrity with God or am I going to make this money choice? I know we don't want to miss stuff like that, right? I hear people say it all the time, right? Okay, let's say it like this. Do I pay my tithes or do I pay my mortgage? These are the choices. You, most of the time, you don't have you don't have these huge moral issues that people imagine they have. Right? Most of the time, the things that talent challenge your integrity have to do with money. So we need to realize the importance and the challenge that money places in our in our relationship with God, because God recognizes it. You should recognize it. All right. So. That's it for the principles on Financial Fridays today. Pastor Sean, you still out there? Did you have any questions, anything you wanted me to expound on until I'm, before I move on to our stock tips for the week? All right, I'm going to just go ahead and move forward. So we talked about the past few weeks, stocks coming up in the next year that's going to go back to normal once the COVID-19, once they start distributing this vaccine. We talked about that. But we need to realize before the end of the year, there are, there are still opportunities on certain stocks. Uh, you know, the uh, tech stocks, people have kind of moved away from them over the past month, the month of November, and have rotated to other stocks. But we need to realize there's still going to be a great opportunity for those stocks. For example, uh, Facebook. If So the opportunity is there if these stocks don't fall below their support. All right. So Facebook. The next four weeks, make sure you're watching. If it doesn't fall below a support of 264, you should expect it to go up to a price target of 306 on the low end, 342 on the high end. So it's an opportunity if it doesn't go below the support of 264 for Apple. If it doesn't go below the support of 113, a price target of 127, and then 147 on the high end. And then Amazon, if it doesn't go below a support of 29.50. You have a price target of three thirty four sixty one, and then thirty seven thirty seven on the high end, and then for Netflix, if it doesn't fall below the support of four hundred sixty four dollars, they have a long term price target of six hundred three dollars. So you have an opportunity if these don't fall, all four of these uh, companies, they don't the, the stock price, the support price doesn't fall below what we mentioned. The opportunity make quite a nice profit if you go ahead and reach out and invest in those. This is Alonzo Henson for Financial Fridays. Pastor Sean, did you have anything you wanted to wrap up with today? Can't hear you, bro. My brother, I appreciate you once again for speaking into the lives of the people and giving financial stability via the word of God and the principles of God. Um, you touching on money and the integrity and character that must come upon us. We had a conversation earlier today where we talked about our life, getting our life going downhill so that we can gain momentum in our lives and because everything rolls downhill. And if we can start with the principles of God and we can start with our tithes and offering and sowing seed, everything from that will flow into every other area in our life. Amen. Everything that you touched on tonight was right in line with that powerful powerful principles people of god as i said before if you do need consultations to get your financial situation in line outside of the word of god naturally you need help 
this is the man to talk to elder alonzo hinton he will get you in line he will give you a spiritual mainstream word and then he will also sit you down and give you sound financial advice to give you the strength and the tools to be able to go ahead and structure your financial structure in your life that's structure twice but structure your financial situation so that you can move in the things of god and possess what god has caused us and called us to possess man it's our time i've been saying this for the past month uh elder alonzo it's our time it absolutely our time this is the greatest opportunity for the kingdom of god there is a shift in the paradigm of the earth realm and the spiritual realm there's opportunity opening up and we have to walk through it amen we uh, have to walk through it and we have to go and take the wealth of the wicked that has been laid up for the just it's time out for us just talking about it it's time for us just giving a a, a scripture and speaking of scripture it's time for us to become walking living word yes it's time for us to become walking living word and this is why we're here with you each and every friday on financial fridays that's about it yes, sir. Uh, anything else you have bro no sir i don't have anything else thank you everybody for listening out there and keep tuning in we're going to have great things we're going to be announcing in the next few weeks that we want everybody to be a part of specifically our young people so keep listening and uh keep coming in with your likes and your questions and make sure that you share this broadcast. All right. That's it for financial Fridays.